0: Hey everyone, Pratiti Pathak here. Welcome to Unpacking Brain Drama, where we talk about real life experiences, the challenges and the obstacles. Sometimes we use them to block ourselves. Sometimes we use them to grow and evolve. Here's what I wanna say. Obstacles are not the things blocking our path. Obstacles are the path. So in other words, we have to grow through what we go through. So join me as we have some amazing conversations with some amazing guests. Hey everybody, welcome back to Unpacking Brain Drama, and today we have an awesome guest for you because all my peeps out there that love listening to financial stuff, you're in for a real treat. Today I have Ashley Whitaker, who is a financial and money educator. So she educates people on money, and as you all know, it's very similar to how we spend, waste, use, invest our time. It's all the same things we do with money. So welcome, Ashley. How are you?
1: Oh, thank you so much, T D. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Can't complain. <laughs> Love what I do. <laughs> so.
0: And you educate people on money, which is such a topic that I get lots and lots of requests for. So uh, any financial advice that people can get from me here on this cast, I think they just eat it up and they listen to it over and over. So I'm super excited about this conversation because I'm definitely your number one fan that can need all your help in all the different areas of money.
1: Say so you're not alone, right? Because this stuff, uh, sadly, is not taught in high schools. Right. So we get out of school, we enter the workforce, we start, you know, we get a job, whatever, we start making money. But what do we do with it? You know, we really don't get that education. So that's what we're here to do is really get people to a solid understanding of how money works. Because uh, if you don't know how it works, then the people who have money will take advantage of you. And unfortunately, there's a lot of suckers out there uh, getting the wealthy even richer because they don't understand how money works. So we were trying to really tackle financial illiteracy. Uh, we feel that it's the number one economic crisis in the world, actually. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I, and it's interesting that you say how money works, because usually we think that we're the ones that have to work for the money and we don't really recognize how to make money work for us. And that's and that just a concept that's not even talked about
1: it's so important to have that understanding, right? Because if you can get to a point where your money is actually working harder than you are, then that's just a beautiful place to be. And that's really what we want to help people do. And unfortunately uh, there just hasn't been access to this kind of education really coming out of the financial services industry uh, up until, you know, really us getting out with this book and um, getting into as many schools as possible, to as many people as possible. Uh, So I'm so excited about our campaign and can't wait to send books to all your listeners.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. So when you're talking about the book, can you please share with us, what is this book that you're talking about?
1: This is a book called How Money Works, Stop Being a Sucker. And it's a great title because, as we all know, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I used to go to the bank with my mom And what did they have right at the at the teller window was a bowl full of suckers, right? How ironic. You can actually get dumb, dumb suckers right at the bank. So, uh, you know, the writers of the book and our wealth wave company came up with that title just because it's so fitting that, um, you know, that's really what's happening is that, um, you know, the banks out there and everybody get um, large, you know, corporations are getting so wealthy off of this sucker mentality, that we are stuck in uh, because we don't understand how money works. So the crux of the book, if I can just uh, elaborate a little bit on that, is uh, that we've really come up with seven money habits. Okay, seven money milestones, we call them. And it's really uh, that is the foundation of the book, of the education. And what that means is everybody has to understand how each one of these seven money rules or money milestones works, right? They have to have that understanding and then they have to implement it and make it habit in their life as you know and how they relate to money. So, um, and if they can, and if they don't if they maybe just have five and not all seven or three and, and you know, not the rest then they're not gonna be able to effectively achieve financial strength, financial independence, ultimately financial freedom. And so it's so important to have a full understanding of all seven money milestones.
0: Yeah, no, that's, you know what, it's interesting that you even said that because when I used to go to the bank and I think years ago, I think when I first started or opened up my first bank account, it was a money market account, which I don't even know if they still exist, but you got the best interest rates for that. We don't even know how to make money work for us. So you have seven different ways in the book that you, uh, teach people how to make money. And there was something else that you said, financial freedom and financial independence. Most of us don't even know what does that number even look like? Like, what do you have to do to gain financial independence or freedom? Like most of us, we are living, I think there, there's a, uh, there's a uh, saying that like so so much of the population is only like one paycheck away from being homeless.
1: Oh, yeah. The statistics are really staggering. And, and we saw a lot of that, you know, over the past year and a half, right, uh, during the pandemic. Uh, that, uh, you know, it's something like 40% of Americans don't have more than $400 uh, in the savings account to, you know, buffer an emergency. Um, and that that's a really staggering statistic. So, uh, you know, the first money milestone is getting a financial education. That is the very first and most important thing, because once you learn how to, once you know how to read, think about how much is accessible to you, right? Yeah. So it's once you have that literacy, then you can move on to the second you know, and then the further steps along the way and, and some and really they are just it's cash management, how to manage what's coming in, how to manage what's going out. Uh, lots of people uh, don't really have, uh, you know, an understanding of how to manage uh, their cash flow. Um, and then it's also debt management. Uh, there's just a lot of debt, you know, credit card debt, a student loan debt, Um, how to get out of debt efficiently, more effectively than people know how to do currently without that, you know, that extra literacy that we, that we provide. Um, And then it's proper protection. You know, how, when you start accumulating assets like a house or, you know, and you, and you have a mortgage and then you have a family that you're taking care of, how do you properly protect what you're starting to build? Um, So those are some of the milestones that we just really map out for people. It's very basic. I mean, this book is written, you know, at an eighth grade level. Um, and so it's really accessible to anyone. Uh, I got my teenager started on it uh, when he was 16 and got his first job. Um, and he's like, mom, you know, all, none of my friends have money. Like I'm the only one who has money. You know, I'm the one who's got to buy the concert tickets ahead of time and they got to pay me back. And he's so grateful for this education because he has a really solid Foundation with his money, his cash flow. He knows where it's going. He, you know, he's managing it all really well right now. And if we could just start kids, even young, it's the best gift you can give. Uh, you know, your loved ones is a financial education.
0: Yeah, actually, you know, when I had talked to so many young folks uh, when I was getting ready to launch this podcast, I asked them like, "What are some topics that you would really love to see?" And the number one answer really was. Financial, anything financial. And the reason was that they said anything that we're not learning in school and money is one of the biggest things that they're not learning in school. Like in our math classes, money's not even a part of it other than learning your decimals. Like it's so interesting that it is how we have live our lives with how we manage ourselves um, on a day to day basis with our time and our money. And we say, you know, money creates more time, time creates more money, and yet neither one of these things are being taught in school on how to manage either. The only thing they're taught is that you should have a budget, you should save your money, and they're not taught the importance of their credit score or all of the different ways. I think that um, you and I have talked before, and one of the things that is kind of frustrating for me is anytime I've ever gone to a financial advisor, the only thing that they want to teach me about is how to save my money uh, get, you know, maybe pay off all of my credit cards or get rid of my debt. But then they just want me to take that money and put it in stocks and bonds and uh, retirement accounts and mutual funds and things like that. And that's the reason that's the only thing we really know about, not even that we actually understand what all of that means. But then what else do we invest in? I'm in real estate. So I understand the value of investing in real estate. But very rarely have I ever spoken to a financial advisor that will tell me to buy property.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? And, and this is uh this is one of the things I love and how I actually connected with this work and the people at Wealthwave is because I too am a real estate investor and just felt like it was just kind of that, you know, thing over there, that asset over there that didn't they don't really want to talk about. You know, it's, you know traditional financial advisors. And so it's like that's a really powerful way to to build wealth. I also didn't understand the insurance Side the insurance industry at all. I had life insurance. I know I needed something called long-term care at some point in my life. I really didn't understand all of it. And then when I connected with this uh, education, it all came together. And so what we really strive to do and have accomplished actually with this book and be able to sit down with people is to bring it all into perspective, every aspect of how to make money and grow wealth, and then uh, preserve and protect that wealth. And that involves, you know, all of those things that we just mentioned, real estate and insurance and long-term care. And then of course, you know, uh, stock market and investments and things like that. But, you know, one of the simplest concepts that is so important for people to understand that most people really don't is this concept of the rule of 72. Do you know, do you know what that is? I
0: don't, I don't. <laughs> Please tell me how I'm here for the education.
1: Yeah, so I'm just curious, who's the person who discovered the theory E equals MC squared? We all know it's Einstein, right? I mean, if you ask an eight-year-old, you say, you know, who came, who discovered E equals MC squared, they're going to tell you, oh, that was Einstein. Right. But he also discovered this uh, this rule of 72, which is the concept of how quickly your money will double based on the interest rate that your money is earning. And it's amazing how few people have ever heard of it. And it's also one of his it's like. Up there with E equals MC squared in terms of the importance of that discovery. And so we teach people the rule of 72, which is to try and really, you know, you basically just take the number 72 and you divide it by the interest rate that your money's getting, and it will tell you how many years it will take for your money to double. So think about this. If you have money in a bank savings account and they're paying you less than 1% interest. Mm-hmm. So like it's 0.09. We've seen anywhere from 0.03 to 0.09, 0.9, et cetera. Take that interest rate divide it into the number 72. And it's more than a lifetime in most cases, more than a hundred years. It's going to take for your money to double. So we really want to educate people and help them see that, you know, is that really making your money work as hard for you as it could?
0: Yeah. I mean, even when I talk to people uh, like my buyers in real estate, I share with them, like, you know, everybody always wants to take a 30 year, 30 year uh, loan. And they are usually trying to go to the maximum part of their budget when they're buying a house. And it's like, Listen, I would rather see you go on the lower end of your, your, whatever you're approved for, for your loan and make extra payments. Most people don't even know the simple, like, if you make double payments throughout, obviously you pay off your 30, lo- 30 year loan in 15 years. But did you know that 15 years of paying just single payments at the 15 year mark, you still owe 75% of your loan? Like, that's a lot. And like, just, just that little bit of information can be a huge saver on just the, the money that they would be saving in interest. And it's very simple little things that even I didn't know. I, and I think it probably starts like, not just not knowing about money, but our relationship with money and our like, really horrible belief system around money, most people, me included, and probably me on the top of the list, for many, many years, I didn't even think that I could create wealth. You know what I mean? Just because of my poor money beliefs around making money and saving money. So anytime I had money, I can tell you just unconsciously, I would be getting rid of it. (laughs) You know what I mean? I would be spending it. I don't have debt, but I would be spending it. That was taught not to have debt, but I didn't know how to hold on to the monies.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's the thing. Right. So if you there's one thing to be able to earn money. Right. But it's another thing to be able to save and where to save it, how to save it, how to make it really grow for you. But yeah, it goes back it. to what you were saying. We all have a money kind of culture that we came from, that we grew up with, right? And it really does impact our relationship with money um, as we start to accumulate it. Um, And so it is an interesting, uh, you know, just even my journey from, you know, jumping from the W2 world, the corporate world into business ownership is a whole, you know, mindset shift, right? But as as advisors or educators in, in, in money, we're really, we're really trying to encourage people to explore entrepreneurship and entrepreneur opportunities, because business ownership is such a wonderful way to also build wealth, you know, like real estate or investments or whatever. Um, And so it's been so interesting during this whole pandemic era that or period of time that people are really reevaluating, you know, their relationship with the W2 world and with their employment and all of that, and starting to explore uh, business ownership opportunities, which is fabulous, actually, because having a side business or even a full-time, you know, side business, whatever, can really help people leverage and gain a lot more traction in their financial strength.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell me, is that what you, do you have a math or a a, a background in math and numbers? What what got you into uh, learning how to educate people on money. Have you grown yeah. up around money? Talk? Oh,
1: well, so, well, yeah, I mean, I definitely grew, grew up around, I mean, I definitely have a money culture that I came from, but it, it's really everyone does. And I think that uh, as, as an educator, you just have to have a passion for what we are doing. And I really fell into this work because I wanted to make a bigger difference. Uh, I wanted to make a bigger impact. And I felt that in my corporate job that I'd been doing for about, you know, 10 years or so, uh, it just wasn't giving me uh, the feeling of, gosh, I'm really making a difference in people's lives. And so I got connected with Wealthwave because of my own searching for financial literacy. I knew that I wasn't educated. I didn't even know what Financial literacy was at the time. I just was really struggling to bring it all together, like I said, with different investments and real estate and insurance. And I was, you know, just so confused by it all. And I got connected through networking with a gal who is an educator herself. She, she does, she actually helps people who are coming out of, um, coming from, you know, bankruptcy and, um, being without housing and things like that, and really helping them build uh, financial strength, and so she, she connected me with Wealth Wave, and I became a client uh, right away and got the book and went through the process myself. So it was really just falling in love with this campaign of of educating people. I, I do have a master's in teaching, so I love. I do have a pass, passion for education. Um, And my prior corporate work was uh, just really overseeing the operations of uh, small to mid sized businesses. So I guess you could say, have a bit of, you know, some. Some jargon around a and L and finances and cash flow as it relates to businesses, and, and some teaching experience, but really, I would say uh, once you get into what we're doing, you learn as you go because of the mentorship that we have here, and the coaching. And it's really just, do you have a passion for it? Is it something that you can really stand behind and and uh, and love? You know, this education piece. It's it's so exciting, actually.
0: So you know when I when I hear you say that it automatically makes me think like who is the right person for that is it do you have to be really knowledgeable in finance and the that that financial space in order to be able to I know you said you were in search of it but you also had that mindset for it but what what about somebody like me who you know doesn't know how all the different ways to invest and do all that thing is it Just going through being a client, is it something I can learn or is it something that's going to take time? How does somebody get into that?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's really uh, it's kind of like a, you know, you, you come in to Wealthwave and we work on teams. And so we have incredible mentorship. Uh, with people who've been in this industry for, you know, 30, 40 years. And so uh, you, you learn as you go by going into meetings with the financial advisors that have been around forever, and, you know, connecting them with people that you know, and learning how, uh, how we, you know, educate, etc. Just uh, through mentorship, primarily. Um, And really, it's just, do you have the, the desire to be a business owner? Um, I think that we're just really entering into this new era of entrepreneurship. So I'm so excited to see, you know, how many people kind of jump in that direction after, you know, the you know being at home and, and just having to really reevaluate uh, working for someone else. And is that really gonna, that was actually the turning point for me was sitting down with my financial advisor and realizing if I don't make something happen in addition to my regular day job, it's yes. going to be really hard for me to actually achieve a robust retirement. Because let's face it, I mean, most of us don't have the opportunity to save enough just by working one job. I mean, I'm a single income household. Yes. And so it really just kind of struck me that, oh, wow, I need to get something else started. And that needs to be some kind of business. And what what would I love to do? And so I think helping, we, we have a class, actually, we do education around doing, making that transition from employee to entrepreneur and it's free education. We sit down, we mentor people on mapping out a plan uh, to become an entrepreneur, to become a business owner, because we recognize what a strong strategy that is for actually building wealth yeah. and becoming you know, financially strong. So that's I- one of the ways, yeah.
0: I think you're right. I think there are a lot lot more people uh, looking into uh, becoming a business owner, especially through this uh, last uh, year and a half that we've been going through here with Corona and, you know, people losing their jobs and recognizing that without having the control of owning your own business and and deciding how you want to, um, you know, live your life and how you want to create income. I think there's a, uh, a fear, again, of risking, you know, risk is a big word. I, I didn't even realize until I took a financial mastery class, which was a lot of, you know, it was an education piece into finances. I didn't even actually... Think I had net worth just because of what I was thinking about. Just my, I was only thinking about incoming monies. I wasn't thinking about what assets I already had that created my net worth. We're not really talking on those terms for the most part. And as far as um, educating myself with monies, it's like you don't know where to go. So when you when you are in a situation like we did with the pandemic and people losing their jobs, they are more Uh, leaning towards what are they passionate about, what do they really love doing, and then starting a business around it. So do you help people in that space? Do you help them figure out what they want to do? Or how do you help them there?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I I was laid off at the end of 2019. So then I was able to jump into this business full time, you know, but so lucky that I already had already, you know, an, an avenue to continue, uh, to generate revenue right it's so important to have multiple streams of of income yeah and i i just was like i'm never gonna let that happen to me again to be able to be laid off you know that was really scary and it's a terrible thing to happen so um that's why i just really uh determined to launch into business ownership uh full-time and and really take that take that on so yes we we absolutely help and mentor people uh to explore that what it Takes and what are some steps? It's a whole class that we can sit down with people one-on-one, we can offer it, you know, to a group. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of reaching out to me and, and saying, Hey, I'd like to learn more about becoming an entrepreneur. And the cool thing about uh entrepreneurship is it doesn't mean that you have to leave your day job. Yeah, that's
0: what I was gonna say: is can you do yeah. this on the side? Is this something that you can have? Passive income on the side. If you are somebody that is actually doing something out there in the world that you already love, can you add this? Because, uh, like I said, I took this financial mastery class a few times. And one of the things that they uh, emphasized was having multiple streams of passive income. And I heard you say that too. So, is this something that you can um, create enough that makes sense to? do it on the side and then what is the requirement for like, do we have to be licensed? What do we have to do in order to jump into something like this?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if, if someone wanted to jump into this particular opportunity, it's absolutely feasible to make a very uh like a decent side income or whatever on a part-time, I mean, we champion part-time people so you can dabble you know, and see, do I like this? Do I, do I love doing this work? Um, And um, yes, in order to be like legitimately in financial services with us, you need to start with a life license in whatever state is your residence. Yeah. And that's kind of where we start is the life and health license. Um, But then from there, it's really a lot of mentorship. I mean, let's face it, a lot of businesses Actually, fail the first two years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to get a business off the ground, but with our uh, the way we're set up, you have such strong mentorship and coaching, and people working with you that you're really not alone in the entrepreneur journey. So, if it's something that appeals to you, it's a great it's a great uh, opportunity to check out and just learn more information about it.
0: Okay, yeah, I think that takes away the scary part of it. You know, like when we when we talk about like taking risks, if it's a st- especially if it's a business that we don't we don't feel like is our strong suit, it just seems like a bigger risk. So when you talk about having the huge support system, that makes a, that takes some of the load off of that feeling like you're taking a risk. So let's let's talk about young Ashley. How did you get from corporate to here? Like, give us a little background of what it was like for you growing up and, um, some of the things that led you here.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all have a money story, you know, mine, uh, started, uh, I was born into a family where, you know, my great grandfather was, um, uh, came from a first generation, you know, uh, immigrant family, whatever, when he was 14, he was the oldest of six oh. his, at 14 his, his dad, uh, died and he had to go out and make a living to support, his mom and the rest of his siblings. This was back in I don't know the very very late 1800s, I guess, and um, ended up you know shining shoes. And then um, by the time he was you know 21 or so, he uh, ended up building one of the largest companies today uh, on the planet. I mean, just huge huge company. Uh, he ended up partnering up with uh, with someone, and it's still a, a multi billion dollar company. So by the time I came along, uh, there were several generations that had pretty much lived off that money, right? Uh, but it was slowly, but surely uh, each generation was less wealthy than the one before. And it was always really you know, confusing for me and kind of a, a mental head trip, like how come like I have so much less than you know my mom and she has so much less than her dad and he has so much less than his dad and how is that? How is that possible? And it just didn't feel good, you know? And I didn't learn until I understood more about how money works, what was happening and, and where did, where did sort of that generational wealth go wrong? And how did, how was it able to kind of disappear over a few generations? And it really boiled down to that rule of 72 and, you know, the impacts of inflation and taxation and just not understanding the full seven money milestones of how money works. You know, I mean, my family was very frugal. They didn't go out and, you know, spend, uh, you know, foolishly, but just didn't really understand some of the other milestones, I will say. So I think that that money shame, if you will, really is is a big driving force for me, to educate people, because that it, it took a tremendous amount of work and and um, effort for my great grandfather to build that, you know, and it should absolutely have been there for the rest of his generations, you know, to be able to, you know, take care of his family. Yeah, so, I
0: mean, it clearly I wasn't growing. Said, it wasn't is, growing. It was depleting.
1: Exactly. And there's absolutely depleting. no there's actually no need for that to happen. Right. But it's actually a story that's quite common amongst, um, you know, families similar to mine. And so I just, uh, that was my first kind of real experience with money. And then, you know, as a young adult, knowing nothing about money, just because I never saw, you know, my, my mom work, you know, I mean, the women in my family never worked. So this was like, the first generation of actually having to like get a job and support myself. And so, of course, I knew nothing about what to do when I got the money. And and so, you know, I just made so many mistakes along the way. And no one ever talked to me about this entrepreneur journey of my great grandfather. No one ever implanted in my brain that, hey, you could be an entrepreneur, too. Like you could build something really, really big and um, leave a legacy for your family. Nobody ever talked to me about that in my family, because I think that there was this mindset that it's always coming from the top other generations before us. You'll just be handed, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, wait a second. What about what I'm capable of? And it sort of just clicked with me like maybe five years ago that, huh, I bet I could build something, you know, and I'd like to give that a shot. And I'd like to see, you know, what I'm capable of in terms of going out and building something really, really big. So I started, um, and I knew that it wasn't going to happen as a W-2 employee. Like I knew that I was always going to be building someone else's dream as long as I was working for someone else. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to find an opportunity that will allow me to grow something enormous and as big as my vision is. And as big as my vision was growing to be, you know, yeah, um, and yeah. so it took me, it took me a while to find the right opportunity. You know, there's lots of things that come down the pike and you take a look at it and you do your research and you do your due diligence. But I really stuck to sort of like these top three non-negotiables around what this business opportunity had to look like. Mm. And I just stuck to those three, top three non-negotiables. One of them had to do with, you know, family. I'm uh, I'm a single mom and I want to be around, you know, for my kids and be able to work from home and work from anywhere so I can be around them and when they start having families. So that was one of my non-negotiables, you know, and- uh, What were the other two?
0: What were the other two?
1: The other two, it had to be something that I really felt passionate about. Like I really, because I mean, let's face it, Being an entrepreneur and a business owner, it is hard, you know, and every day you got to get up and, and put yourself to work because nobody's going to do that, you know, for you. So it had to be something that I felt so, it just felt so good to do every day that that's what drives you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. I wanted to own my, my own time and I wanted to be able to work remotely. I do have another property in a different state. I want to be able to live there maybe half the year. So I had these non-negotiables. I just wasn't willing to sacrifice. And so I finally just put it out there. Right. I and mean, we talk about putting things out, uh, out there to the universe, you know, and it just came to be the right fit for me yeah. to you know, jump into the wealth wave opportunity. So is
0: there anything that you've tried out there that didn't, that like, wasn't successful or you hated it or you flopped or you went, I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I did look at, you know, that there's like a website where you can look up businesses that are for sale. So I was like perusing, yes. you know, businesses, and it was like biz buy sell. And I'm like, well, gosh, I've got to have, you know, like a huge capital investment. If I want to buy like a brick and mortar and I looked at like a doggy daycare, you know, or something mm-hmm. I'm like, well, then I've got to be there all the time. Then I've got to like really, you know, be in my, that one location and make sure everything's going down the way it needs to and so it's not very mobile it's not like yeah. a remote situation and it's a big capital investment and of course uh you know i there are lots of businesses that aren't quote-unquote pandemic proof or recession proof so i was really looking for something that it would continue to generate revenue and be strong even in a down market So these are the things that we talk about in our entrepreneur. That's
0: Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly what I was gonna ask you because you know what? There's so many things in the world that you can be doing. So I think for young folks, it's such a um, it can be such an overwhelming experience. You know, we're just coming out of high school, maybe college, and now we have the entire like gamma ray of uh, professions and careers, and most of the time we're just thinking about what will make us the most money if we're going to college, what should we choose? And, um, I, and, and I don't think that we even consider how to then take that money and grow it. There was something you said earlier, and that was um, uh, not, not feeling like you're, like you went and tried, you had non-negotiables. I don't know that everybody knows how to put rules or thoughts around like, What are the reasons for going into one thing or another? I have a a close friend of mine who she's passionate about so many things. So anytime she's thinking of a business opportunity, you know, she'll be like, oh, I could do this or I could do this or I could do this. And and of course, we can do anything and everything. But then what's going to keep us there? Like you said, what's going to be not recession proof or pandemic proof or, you know, when something, when some crisis comes along, what Mm -hmm. will you be able to continue doing or sustain long-term and also stay passionate about and real. And I think that is one of the biggest keys. Like if you don't love what you're doing, you could easily lose steam the moment that you get a bump in the road or an obstacle, and then it's easy to just give up on it so you had tried other things and it's this piece that you became super passionate about
1: yeah I mean like how many times you know do we get the doors closed in our you know phase I mean you know with real estate too and it's like I love what Cher said in her documentary about her growing her uh business is uh you know no is just a word I mean you know but but you hear what do you hear no like 90 percent of the time or 99% of the time, but it's that 1% of yeses that really makes people actually successful. It's not like a huge percentage of people saying yes to you. So it's, you got to just keep plugging along. You can't, you got to be consistent. And that's the one lesson I've learned in business ownership is that that rule of consistency. If you just keep up the activity and you just keep on doing it every single day, next thing you know, you're going to have success and everyone will look around and go, wow, that was quick. And it's like, no, it wasn't really quick. (laughs) It was just, you know, I was continuing to do the activity day in and day out of being consistent.
0: Um, And you know what, I mean, having the no's is, is not just a no. Okay. It's no for right now. Maybe it doesn't have to be no forever. And it's, it's an opportunity to find out what didn't work. I mean, there are ways of tweaking what the no sounded like like no matter what business you're in, if you have clients and you're going to them and you get these no's, there are ways of maybe tweaking your presentation or how you're you know approaching the client. There's all different reasons for getting a no, and I think becoming more aware of why you got the no can turn it around into more yeses. Is there a is there a sweet spot of the uh, uh, the um Uh, return on your investment that you get, like, what is your, your rate of yeses in this type of business when you're working with people? Because I would have to think that it's pretty high given the fact that we do want to be educated on our money. But there was something you said earlier, which was the word shame. And there is a lot of shame around money, whether you're, you know, some people tend to think that if they make money, that it's going to make them seem like they're selfish or greedy, and therefore they, they limit themselves. There's a, like we talked about earlier, there's a lot of negative thoughts around money, but how, um, how do you help somebody decide or how do you help somebody in your education to get rid of that shame piece?
1: Well, I think that um, one of the things I love about what we do, which, okay, so let's back up for a minute. I was myself researching and finding, trying to find a financial advisor that could give me something different. I just knew that he wasn't getting what i really wanted or needed uh, from the financial services industry and what what came at what came out for me was you know okay so i was a stay-at-home mom for about eight years i didn't work i you know raised my children and then i entered the workforce a little later in life and i always felt like they were looking down their nose at me like well what do you expect i mean of course you're behind i mean you took all that time off And I've always been a hopeful and optimistic person. And I really believe in, um, you know, just putting hope and optimism into any situation. And I wanted a financial advisor that would instill hope into my financial situation. That's what I wanted because I looked at my situation with hope in an optimistic light. So I needed the same from, you know, the people that are important in my life, right? Like your your financial person. I mean that that's a big deal for us. Yeah. The, the person who's working with your money. And I wanted hope and opportunity around my finances, and I wasn't finding it. So when I finally got connected with uh, my advisor here with Wealth Wave, it was hope. That's what it did for me. And so when people come to us with shame and um, disappointment or embarrassment or whatever, what I love so much about what we do in this process of education is seeing hope return mm. to people's faces and, and they start to dream again about what they want in life, you know, and their dreams start to, to, to actually enter back into the picture again. That's so it's not- really true. The shame into more hope. If that makes yeah. if that answers your question.
0: Absolutely, because actually, you came to it with like the almost opposite, right? You were you were looking for your financial advisor to have to have the hope that you had when usually the person that's showing up is somebody. You know, I I've gone through some big life changes. You know, divorce is one of those things that can really shake your financial stability. Um, it, Loss is another, I lost my son 12 years ago. And depending on somebody's situation around loss, it could be a spouse that had the income. It could be your child. It could be a parent. It could be anything that really shakes your um, financial stability. And I think that when your financial stability is shaken like that, uh, it can be extremely scary. So having a person in your corner, and also can show you that there's hope and that there's a way that we're going to be okay. I think is so important because we're we're desperate sometimes, um, coming from those situations, to talk to somebody that's going to we're going to you with the hope that you're going to pull us out of this hole that we think that we're in, whether it's financial debt or our credit gets a hit, or we don't even know how we're going to be able to make money again, let alone hold on to it, grow it.
1: It's so true. And it it just reminds me of like, you know, my daughter, who's almost going to start learning to drive. She has no idea what the street signs mean, how to operate (laughs) a car, how to get around all of that. And that's where, you know, it's confusion and it's, fear and it's, you know, all of this stuff. And so if you get out, you put somebody out there and you teach them the road signs and you teach them what everything means, you give them literacy around anything, whether it's money or how to drive a car and get somewhere, that's empowerment. That gives them hope. That gives them freedom. And it takes away that fear and that, and that. right? So that's what we're doing when it comes to money is just, you know, giving people literacy, which then brings them more hope and, and, and gets rid of a lot of that fear. So
0: I think that's amazing because, you know, some of the words that you've been using is like literacy and education. And I think that is, that is really key because the biggest fear that we're having around money is we don't know the money talk we don't know uh, in the name of the book, how money works. Like I said, right from the, right from the beginning is like, we don't even recognize that money is actually doing work and money has the ability to have like muscles of its own to, to grow all by itself. And uh, I think that the work that you're doing is pretty amazing. I love that you're trying to get into schools and educate our young humans because they really need it in order to, I mean, there's, there's a lot of um, interesting thoughts around our young people coming into the world because uh, somebody was saying earlier today that, you know, people are just lazy, that younger generation seems to be more lazy. And I don't know that that's true. I think that there are, our young folks are also very eager to learn as, as much as they can too. And one of the biggest things that they want to learn about is finances. So I'm pretty sure that this was a, a, a huge hit with my audience as soon as it gets out there because um, they want to know. And I know they're going to be hitting me up for that book. So tell us, how can we get this book? Is it be, Where is it being sold? And I know you also talked about um, giving away copies. How does somebody acquire that?
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually, it's now the number one selling book on Amazon in, in the personal finance section, you can buy it on Amazon for $17, okay. uh, but you can get a copy from me uh, for free. I just uh, asked that we can have a follow-up zoom call to get, you know, their feedback on the book. And you can find that on my, you can go to my website. I've got two websites, that you can request a book or request a call with me, my phone number's there. Um, so I would love to give away as many copies of this book as possible. I mean, that is the goal. We yeah. have uh, one of the guys in Wealthwave, I think gave away something like a hundred books in a day or let's, wow. come on, let's, let's beat that, okay? All right, That's oh awesome. my God, I'm
0: gonna partner up with you and I'm gonna start giving away books
1: that's the plan. And that's how, that's where it starts, you know,
0: the plan. Okay. That is amazing because I know, uh, so many people that would love them. As a matter of fact, you know, anybody who is my client purchasing a home, this would be an amazing, uh, gift for a, a first time home buyer or any home buyer is to now understand how to make their money work for them now that they've invested in a home. And I joke around all the time and say, I help people get into the largest debt of their life, right? Because that's usually the, the biggest uh, ticket number there on the loan. So um, I'm going to put all of your links in the show notes below. And is there a, a best way to reach you or is it just by email or can people reach out to you via social media anywhere?
1: Yeah, I have Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I have LinkedIn and I've got two websites. And so, yeah, all of those. Um, There's lots of information on LinkedIn and and Instagram, too, about our different literacy concepts and and so forth. And again, it's just a strategy session. We just talk to people. There's no fees attached to sitting down with us and talking through what's going on in your in your financial uh, life. Um, The book, again, we give away uh, with a Zoom call, scheduled. So yeah, it's, there's no time but the present to get started on a financial literacy and getting your financial house in order. And absolutely. If you're buying a house, most definitely.
0: Yes, for sure. Thank you so much, Ashley. This has been amazing.
1: It's such a pleasure. And your book I mailed last night, so it's on the way.
0: (laughs) I'm so happy because uh, I can't wait to read it. And also just one quick question. Can anybody get it on Audible?
1: That's a good question. I don't know if we can do that yet. Okay, I'm
0: going to have to look that
1: up. Yeah, it's um, on my website, the How Money Works uh, forward slash Ashley Whitaker website. You can peruse parts and chapters of the book um, if you want electronically. Yeah, but I don't think it's on. (laughs) I don't think it's on audiobooks yet but that's a great idea. (laughs) I think, is there
0: a video out there that says how money works? Is that, is there a video of this out there? Because I feel like in my, my class that we watched, there is a video that is um, part of the class and I can't remember and can't say for a hundred percent sure, but I believe the name of it is how money
1: works. So I'm going to send you a bunch of little video links. Um, and anybody who's interested in learning more about the entrepreneur, uh, curriculum or classes, uh, that, you know, there are links there on my website. Uh, there's videos for every generation, millennials and Gen X and baby boomers in terms of money and all of that. So I'm going to put all those links out to you and yeah. Okay. I'm going to
0: attach all of those links in the show notes too. Also, that's so great. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you (laughs) for talking to my people about how money works.
1: Well, it's so my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure talking with you and let's do this. This is so exciting.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to have more conversations with Ms. Ashley here and uh, maybe we'll do some work together and get those books out there. Thanks so much. I love
1: it. You too. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Unpacking Brain Drama Podcast. You'll find links for all the things mentioned below in the show notes. And it would be incredibly awesome if you would take a quick moment to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If you'd like to be considered as a guest on our podcast, be sure to go to www.resultsbydesigncoaching.com for a free 30-minute coaching session. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.